Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. And welcome. Hello, friends. Hey, hey, I'm talking here. <laughs> welcome to an episode of the Bomb Squad podcast. I'm Jerry Lou. With me, as always, is Matt Summitty Smith. How you doing today, buddy? Not too bad. I thought you were Andy Bernard for a second, going a cappella, but yeah, you know. Gross. I'm. I'm. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a Cornell man. Okay. My family went to Dartmouth, and. Uh, and if we found out that you were wearing that red shirt, I got nothing. Um, I did, however, get in the mail um, uh, Shoot Farms uh, keychain. Uh, like saw that. The thing's pretty sweet. Uh, it is May the 2nd, 2021, the year of our Lord, and the Valspar Golf Tournament just wrapped up. And Smitty and I are here to mostly talk about, well, not much of that. There's some fun personal stuff going on in our golf lives. Uh, Smitty's wrists are an issue. Um See, I told you, I just write down bullet point notes here, so you're screwed. Um, I got hit in the ass with a golf ball, but thank God I had my Teddy Roosevelt can to dip on me. No, wait, or no, 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 not, not Teddy Roosevelt can to dip. My, my president's speech in my pocket. No, 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 not my president's speech, but my nicotine, man. I got hit by a golf ball, Smitty. Where did you it, get shot, son? <laughs> in the buttocks. It was all, it all happened, as they say, so fast. I'm standing on the cart path amidst a bunch of our carts. And it all probably happened in the course of a second. I heard a, I heard someone yell four behind me. I heard something hit the car path behind me. And then something, something bit me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and truth be told, like, I've been hit by golf balls before. I don't know about you, Matt, or anyone out there. But, I mean, honestly, the adrenaline kind of takes over a little bit. I mean, and it's, it, it, so I never felt the thing. But then I go reaching in my pocket and I pull out my rogue mango nicotine can. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty warped for, uh, like the only top part of it's uh, metal, it, the only metal part of it's the top and it's all, and then the inside got a little busted like that right there. Like it chipped away some of the plastic there. So anyways, are, are, uh, are you implying that chewing nicotine products saved your life? I'm not, not implying it, but, uh, but, uh, we can at least, uh, cross that off the list there. So, uh, thank See, you. I Rose. thought, I, I thought you were going to say like you got, so this is while you were playing not while you yeah. were working and i i thought you're gonna say it's pretty sure you just said i got hit in the ass with a golf ball and i was thinking oh you were working and maybe like you were like 100 yards ahead like searching something and somebody just <laughs> sculled one straight right at your ass or something that's kind of no, what i was no, picturing I was, in my mind but playing at my club and somebody teeing off a two uh one right up my ass on number, where i was saying on number three t which is very easy to do i can from number two at my club i can pull hook a three iron easily 50 yards over that tee so you're very much in danger down there but most people just don't miss the ball right to left in my club they're a bunch of uh slack jawed jabronis who uh are still stuck in like the 50s with their yeah you, you know how it is so uh yeah thank you rogue much appreciated and um <laughs> shout out to rogue nicotine yeah, products rogue. well we, we we only have gorse golf as a sponsor which didn't mention it last week but always bomb squad pod all one word gets you 10 percent off at gorsegolf.com those are head covers folks good head covers speaking of head covers i'm pretty sure smitty the only person ever to use our promo code was one nick sheehan i uh caddied for him immediately after our recording last week and he is such a fan he's such a great guy he uh, got a twitter account because he listened to our podcast first and he also, uh, he was uh, included in some rarefied air where, um, remember last week when somebody asked, because uh, we're going to answer some of your Twitter questions as well, but uh, somebody asked me or asked us, what's the worst shot you've ever seen? And I said, there's a club of two people who have hit the ball backwards. Well, Nick joined that club. He, uh, he oh. hit the ball. Well, he, uh, it, or at least 
I forget the situation exactly, but it was one of those things where after he did it, we looked at each other. He just said, "Like, am I the third person you've seen do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, you are." So, uh, so there you go. Uh, thank you, Nick. Had a great time. Also to your boys, uh, Bruce and Scott. A lot of fun. Gave them some rose cards on the first tee uh, on the final day, and uh, uh, I didn't think I was that clever, but they were pretty disruptive. And the other guys trying to tee off, uh, luckily teed off through the laughter. So um, these were a lot of fun guys. But um, let's let's cover the Valspar here real quick first. Or uh, you had some uh, you had something you needed to share with us, uh, Matt Smith. I mean, uh, the, the the personal or the golf news? Well, whatever you said five minutes in the show you wanted to do, and you shared with me the personal news. So this obviously, I don't even know if that was even prevalent or relevant to the show. Not, no, one of those completely things. was not. Uh, okay. We have we have breaking news, people, and we may be the first people to be breaking this on a multi-platform. Um, Mike Weir just won on the Champions Tour. His first ever victory on the Champions Tour, defeating John Daly and Tim Petrovic. Uh, nice. Yeah. So uh, there's our our week. I, I want to call it the return to glory, but I think a couple of years ago, some guy used that phrase and it went viral, something about some guy coming back from injuries or something, winning a major. Um, anyways, this is right up there with it. Um, <laughs> I would have to say possibly the biggest win in, in Canadian golf history, because just like the other Gold victory, Norman. This, oh. this guy has battled injuries. Um, you know, the, he's got the weak wristitis, just like me, apparently. Um, Stop putting your hand. That's disgusting. I'm going to get you an old priest and a young priest. Go on with your story. But, yeah, Mike Weir, very clutch coming down. Um, missed a, a short birdie putt on the 71st hole. Um, and and kind of uncomfortably lagged his, like, 14-foot birdie putt on the last hole to, like, two feet short. So that very uncomfortable... I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to blast it eight feet by kind of putt. Um, if anybody's, you know, had the heebie-jeebies coming down a, a tournament late, they, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out to Mike Weir. Finally relevant for all the right reasons on this podcast. Big shout out to mweir03. Do you even know com. I mean, do, do you know anything about him other than like he's your like he's your poster boy? I see you rapidly. I see Wikipedia flashing across your face right now. So So I grew up uh, about 45 minutes from where he did. Um, I once worked for the, the GM of a course that I worked at was his uh, swing coach growing up, like his his head pro. Um and funny story, like his head pro, like his old head pro, the guy I used to work for, he still goes down every year to the Masters and he's like the house chef. So he cooks for Mike and the family and the gang and the caddy and, and, and everybody. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I've never met the guy, um, I've, but, you not, know, I, Canadians don't know each other like the rest of, the, of America. Assumes. Funny story. I did go to South Carolina once playing a high school golf tournament. I got asked when somebody found out I was Canadian, if they knew this one Canadian person they knew. Oh, and I please. actually knew that Canadian girl because she started this junior golf Academy in Myrtle beach after graduating from like us, like university of South Carolina or coastal Carolina or something. So yeah, long story short, not all Canadians know each other. So take that. And, and what take that you like take that yeah yeah take that stuff it in your tin Off. not smoke it <laughs> working for a guy today well one of the golfers with the other caddy 
you saw me hitting on my um, my pen then i had a um it was a live resin cartridge over 90 percent heavy hitter and i just do it away from people just because it's like i like to steal off every third hole and just be like oh hey I can take a little puff or whatever i mean mostly because people want to share and covid come on but um <clears throat> He was asking me earlier today. He's like, I saw you uh, puffing on this pen uh, there. Was that, uh, is that like nicotine? I'm, like, I'm just like, no, sir. It's like some other kind of nicotine. And I couldn't tell if like he got what I was saying and rolled with it or whatever, but he was not understanding my joke or, 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 or insinuation that I was trying to tiptoe around. And so I kept looking at the other caddy. He just kept laughing at me, looking at me going like <laughs> different kind of nicotine. Because <laughs> that's what all I could kept saying. <laughs> I, I couldn't come up with anything clever. I was stoned. So uh, Fair enough. Yeah, so uh, yeah, take that, put that in your pen and charge it in a USB cable in your car. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so that what wants to share with us the that, thank you for the um, uh, the uh, we'll call them a priv, priv knowledgement and uh, thank you for that, uh, Matthew. Um, and uh, thank you, Michael Weir, Michael, whatever your middle name is, Weir. Uh, you have just been compared to Tiger Woods. Uh, how about them apples and mm -hmm. not like that was coming from a canadian golf enthusiast whatsoever so and what's your uh since i did what's your personal news uh you said uh, you're pregnant you know the gender i do um i am expecting my first child Talk like me, me me personally uh no I'm, I'm getting a dog it's it's nothing crazy um i i did not knock anybody up that i'm aware of um or, <clears throat> sorry or a dog I did not knock up a dog. So, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I'm getting a dog <laughs> like the end of June. And so that's going to put a little bit of a damper, I think, in my uh, my golf game this summer. Maybe um, a little less playing, a little more hands-on training the, the little daffer here. But uh, we're still in lockdown. So, you know what? There's nothing else to do. Um, literally, people are being fined for playing golf in Ontario. Um, they started laying charges today for golfers attending um, this one golf course in my general area that has stayed open during these provincial lockdowns. Um, what's, what's, the, what's the fine? Like a two-stroke penalty, loss of hole, or what? I think it's a little bit more monetary. I think it's minimum like seven hundred and fifty bucks violating emergency stay-at-home orders. By bucks, you mean up there like pounds or quid or what? They're equivalent to about three quarters of an American dollar. They're called Canadian dollars. Um, real, real original. <laughs> Everyone used yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. So like, basically they're, they're, they're promoting, like go out to the park, socially distant, like get outside and get physical, physical activity. Um, but they've, they've closed like tennis courts. They've closed basketball courts. They've, they've closed golf courses. Um, and I was like, and those bullet bar down at your seal beach there uh yeah we don't need to talk about that i have a massive blister um yeah, maybe ooh. i'll and they're different colored yeah they are one's a giant blood blister um this one popped during the workout so it didn't fill up with anything oh, um Jesus, but blister while I, you're working off. I mean, so, but, so folks for, for people who are looking at us here he's holding up his right hand and right where your pinky and your ring finger the bones and connect to the uh your the, the the hand bones or whatever like right where we all get that callus right where you get that yeah golf that... golfer's callus like yeah exactly there except he's got a little red marble at the base of his pinky and then a medium-sized purple brown marble at the base of his ring finger <laughs> it, it it looks like a, a freaking like chardonnay grape like it it's it's oh, disgusting like you pop it over, you're digitally 
over in Canada and that thing looks massive from here. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's 3d. It, it comes out of my hand. Yeah. It's kind of gross, but Hey, not playing golf anytime soon. So, you know what? I can rehab my injuries just like Mike yeah. Weir did coming back, did. persevering. Well, there and, you go. Uh, and Hey, you know, maybe a little bit of a return of Smitty's coach's corner here. Um, you know, not being able to grip the right hand so much should help encourage, you know, maybe me playing a fade as a, as a right-handed golfer, who knows? So, or to bring back an Andy Bernard reference, you know, you can just uh, put on some gardening gloves and uh, full of just some aloe lotion, you know, because that's true. He's on the handies there. It looks like he's on the handies. Exactly. <laughs> what do you say? Like 5,000 golf balls or th- he said so, thousand golf, thousand balls, golf balls. Hey, okay. Here fun. Before we get to uh, some of our Twitter questions, I got a fun one for you. What's the longest amount of time you spent on the range? Like how many balls do you think you've ever hit in a session? Like in one session? No, in a whole week's worth of sessions. I mean, in, in one sitting at the range. I don't know. When I was young, so uh, this, this I hate this nickname, but they used to call me Matt the Rat when I was growing up because I was a range rat. I could I could go to the range all day after a round of golf. Like so, you know, when I was growing up, I you know there'd be like six or seven of us junior golfers we get picked up by like one or two parents all dropped off at like eight in the morning and we get picked up at like five at night so we would play 18 holes and then just like hit balls all day um so i don't know probably like five to six hundred maybe yeah that because a large bucket is like what 150 golf balls or 75 or something yeah Probably. I know everyone, everyone's yelling at their devices right now. I know it's one or the other. That's a big stark difference. But I mean, it's, I think like I might have hit like three or four balls in one session before, like a couple pyramids maybe or something. I mean, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I would say I've probably hit four or five buckets, like good size buckets in one range session. So, and yeah. you want to be getting four or five buckets in the rest of my life. I guarantee you that. Yeah. I Not- maybe now hit four or five buckets a year now. So it's like 15, 20 balls to warm up and let's go. All right, so let's let's plow through some of the likes here for our tweet. As uh, as I said before, uh, we did last week. We uh, tweeted out that we're recording, and whatever you will say, anything at all, we will discuss, and we'll mention all the likes and blah blah blah. So here comes Jerry's favorite segment: Jerry's top ten TikTok titties of the week. No, I'm kidding. Um, here we go with the likes. We got at eleven Scooby seventy one. That's Steve Scooby Scheibel. He changes his name sometimes, but he is a, a great contributor. Eric Borchers, great fella from, uh, oh God, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, South Dakota, South Dakota, caddied for him and his boys uh, uh, a little while ago um, last year. Great fellas. Um, DMAC at DMAC4G, uh, always contributing, even though this is only the second time we've been doing this. Savannah Lee at Sports Girl SL. She writes a uh, sports comment. I didn't know if you saw my picture I sent her today, Twitter, that golf ball I found, but she writes a legit, mm-hmm. uh, oh Jesus, come on. You're talking, you're so bad at Twitter. <clears throat> <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about would you like oh, to we'll, 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 expand we'll on to, that or we'll get we'll get to it oh, i'm sure we'll get to it. <laughs> it's all good um uh savannah lee she's a um a sports uh she's a journalist out in uh, georgia and she writes a column called uh bombs and birdies and i found a pro v today that had that printed on the side that said bombs and birdies i just took a picture i sent it to her and said uh yours so I, I have to send her a putter, and now I have to send her that golf ball, too. I just need to find out. I have a box for a putter around here. Sorry, Savannah. Uh, nobody listens to the show, though. Uh, none of these people I'm mentioning. Also, at Highland Fox, that's Timothy Johnson Finn. I hope I got that name right. He did ask a question later that we're going to address. And also, Matt, they're at Smith. He gets a shout-out as well for liking the tweet. So, 
will Mike Weir Mike Weir will go back to the back of the line. That's where he's going, Smitty. This is not the Mike Weir hour as much as you want it to be now and as much as I joked around about it a while ago. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, I think you're the one that brought this on. Always kind of like poking the bear about, oh, did you hear about Mike Weir this week? Oh, no, nobody did. And then, he he play golf. And then <laughs> he's going to go down his thing. Oh, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> actually, I, before we get into this week's questions, I do want to follow up actually on uh, something we, we talked about last week in regards to golf bags and why I'm, I, I'm a huge ping guy with their double strap. Because you had talked about uh, the Titleist bag, like y- you can't just put on one it's meant to be like both straps that's what i love about ping bags and the ping straps is that i'm i'm more of like a single strap guy and then if it's like a longer walk i'm going to put them both on because i kind of maybe have a beer in my hand and i don't want to have like my bag maybe hit my elbow kind of thing so um yeah that's that i i did have a little mental note in here that i actually remember i have the memory of a fish shout out to uh, Omega three, six, nines, whatever that help your memory stuff. So don't even remember the name of those, but yeah, it sounds like, it's good <laughs> it sounds like they're working. Eh? It, it's like, uh, it's like Martin short did Jimmy Glick and talked about taking Nico Belobo. You know, it's, uh, it's meant to enhance your memory, but you always forget to take it. Isn't that the way it works? Matt Smith? <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and another, just uh, talking about bags still or whatever. Uh, there's some uncanny, like little quirks in that like stitch bags, very uncomfortable. Um, Callaway bags, the buckles tend to squeak when you walk. Like, Ooh, hate that. You can't have a squeaky bag. Yeah. It's like, it's, a, it's like a squeaky bag. You, you, no, you just well, can't do it. Ed squeaks, Ed squeaks just the way it goes. But your golf bag, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's the same thing, whatever. <laughs> so uh, that was... You don't, uh, you don't sleep with your golf bag? No. No. Well, nor do I. I just... My, my golf bag's sit in the garage. <laughs> well, wait, no, that's just the one broken one I was looking at this morning. So let's see here. Um, all right. Well, this first one comes from Ad Palm Squad Matt, Matt Smith saying, What's your all time favorite? And he spelled it with the U, folks, because he is not American. All time favorite club that you've played. And uh, I take it you were asking me this. I was trying to think of one. I still got one out there. I'm kicking around in my head, but you. Pat probably have an answer for this, don't you? I mean, you've you've been across the pond, right? I mean, you've played golf in Ireland before, or okay? No, okay. I was supposed to last October due to COVID. Obviously, that trip got canceled, but uh, yeah. Well, so I guess some the question would be, what's your all-time favorite club that I played? God, I mean, no, no, sorry, sorry. I mean, like golf club, not like course, like golf club. Okay, <clears throat> shifting gears now. Yeah, My, sorry. I, I was actually going to phrase that like favorite golf club that you've ever owned, or yeah, I guess I phrased that a little. Okay, I get it. It was the it was the King Cobra Seven Wood made about 20, 25 years ago. The one that had the rails on the bottom of it. Um, the baffler. It had, yeah, it was the baffler. It was a twenty two degree. I remember putting many different shafts in that club. A lot of shafts that did not belong in that club or would belong to my swing, but I kept that head and that and used that club for a very very long time. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the one. Cause I mean, like I, I would have said like my old driver, but now my new Callaway driver's rocking. So, I mean, what do you want from me? I mean, yeah, like I, I actually, I've been thinking about this one for a while and I really don't have like one favorite, but if I would say the most, 
the, the club that I've hit the most memorable shots with is probably my Cleveland TA2 six iron. And I don't know why it was a six iron. Um, but like I, I made my albatross with it. Um, I, I hit a couple of very memorable shots in tournaments with it. And it was just always a shot where I could be like, okay, like 182 yards or 191. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to hit this shot or that shot. It was just, I don't know what it was. Like that set I had absolutely dialed. I, I, yeah. I'm going to go with my old six iron, two sets of you irons know, ago. And here, uh, okay. Um, I'll see your situation and raise you a question here in that not singular club, but has there been a type of club that you've been, has been your favorite? Like I'll probably say for me, whatever club is my hundred yard club has been the one that I've pulled out with the most because I've pulled out for two Eagles from a hundred yards, a bogey from a hundred yards. And then I had an ace at 80 yards and ace at 215. So those are the two anomalies. But when it comes to holding out, 100 yards seems to be my jam. And it's always been a 54-degree sandwich, sometimes 56. But now it's been 54 for all my memories. And my 64-degree wedge lately, I've been forcing it in my hand a lot. And I'm getting good with it. I don't know what its yardage is. It could be 40, could be 60. But when I hit it, it's it's good. It's funny you say that. So I would say a 50-degree gap wedge. For whatever reason, um, well... A few reasons. So the first time I ever bought one, I bought a Nike SV, like 50 degree. Um, mm. This was just before the, the groove um, change in like 2010, 11-ish. Groove walls of 2010. First swing I ever made from it. Um, I River Road Golf Course, rest in peace, no longer exists as of 2020. But um, yeah, 18th hole, hit it left, was obstructed by like hills and trees which perfectly suits my game because I'm always hitting over around something um, hit it over the trees, spun this thing back like 25 feet into the hole for a deuce first swing ever made with it, bought it that morning. Now that's pretty dope. I mean, there, there've been, there, those are certain special instances where like, right when I'm about to ask if that's happened on Twitter, I'm sure I'd be inundated with stories. And I think golf Twitter read my mind a few days ago. So I thought to myself, like how many people have gotten two aces in the same round? And then within 48 hours, I saw two different cards. And I'm just like, Whoa. Yeah. Is- I saw that yeah. on Twitter. I, one of them was like from Jake Weaver or somebody, somebody like one of our more prominent uh, Twitter personalities or something like that. Yeah. So, but like 50 so, uh, degree wedge since it's just been a club that I'm always just, I'm so confident with it. Um, I use like a Titleist uh, SM six right now. I, it is up for, replacement just because it's getting aged and i use it a lot but um it's always a club where whenever i'm between 115 and 135 yards um i'm just like i know i'm gonna hit this within 10 feet it's just this weird feeling that i have with that club i don't know i'm just so confident with it are you watching espn right now is that baseball on right now yeah that's the uh, mets phillies game yeah son of a bitch it's it's sunday so the only game playing right now is sunday night baseball on espn and i got the mlb package uh, the wife and i do and uh is this blacked out well, ESPN games are blacked out. So only their oh. feature game, like Friday Night Baseball, Sunday Night Baseball. And since it's Sunday, everyone plays in the afternoon. There's only one game on at night. And because I heard her go like, oh, no baseball. I'm just like, it's it's ESPN. It's Sunday. Oh, you don't have to put that there. I don't care. It's Philly's Met. What do I care? Yeah, but exactly. Who cares? I just I appreciate you supporting, um, uh, you know, a, a, a great former national pastime that wasn't your addition <clears throat> in, in that regard. So, oh, also shout out. I'll, I'll just give a quick story about when when we met in person, our second round together, uh, when I visited Bandon at uh, Pacific Dunes, uh, the one morning, and you're on the 18th hole, and and Ty, our our, our network director, huge baseball guy, uh, shout out Dingers Pod, but uh, uh, you came up, you you like blurted out, oh, like 
you guys are Canadian. This is when Tulo, I think, was just hanging on with, uh, or maybe it just left uh, the Blue Jays of 2019. Um, he was and he you was getting, and bounced around a lot. And, with, yeah, and you and you dropped the maybe one of the best fantasy baseball team names of all time that neither of us had heard of, well, according to Ty. And this yeah. is what. If I recall, I think this is what almost made like made me like get on like help me get on his bag or whatever, or something that helped me win him over. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm all about when it comes to picking a fantasy name, you got to pick something that no, you have to have something that's based, relevant. Somebody on the team. That's why Prince Fielder was always a great pick because he could just be like in a pinch. Fielder hardly knew her, you know, just and leave and throw that out there, and he could also get you some good batting average, blah blah blah. But um, there was just something about Tulowitzki's name where like the second I just heard it in my name, I just heard that lyric that became the the um my team name and according to him this is the first episode of his podcast i ever listened to. this was a couple of years ago uh i was listening to the whole podcast and i was like sitting there getting all excited because he was going through the top 10 best fantasy baseball team names he's ever seen and he's gone through 10 through two and he didn't say mine yet so i'm just like running up and down like the halls it's like ah, ah I, I made number one i mean and, and it's in a sea of like fantasy baseball names 99 percent of them are good and already known so i mean it's kind of tough but and do you, would you like to say what that team name was? Well, I think it, I think it would be helpful if I say the first half of it and you say the second half of the lyric. Oh, it, great! That sounds because I mean now forgive me. I'm. It, it takes me almost back to like high school or like early days where I'm like I forget the artist, I forget the song name, but there's yep. a lyric. If you change it a little bit with his name, it goes to the whiskey. To the wow! To the wow! Well, too too low wall, but I mean, you get it. It's too low whiskey, too low wall. <laughs> that that was uh, Little John. That was my best um, hip hop crunk kind of sounding uh, Little crunk, John that's impression. Word I, oh, talk about something that died after five years. Oh, I thought that word was going to take over. I'm like, gross, crunk. I mean, come on. Yeah, what crunk. The, the I'm going to bring it back. Uh, I like Little John and the, and the and the East Side Boys. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> All I can remember is that being, I think, on a soundtrack of like uh, Fast and Furious, maybe. I don't know. It, it made all the spins. I mean, it did. Like, I feel like every single Friday night I'd go out to the bars or the pubs or whatever, it was in one of the rotations oh, of the last huge. They played that night. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's pop on down to another question here. This one is from, uh, let me just go over here. <laughs> yeah, why not <laughs> rob miller time at rob miller time this guy's funny he's got a podcast he does he's, he's he's got a great twitter feed this guy oh he's one of the best like i don't care that the, that he's like into i'm happy he's into golf but i mean he's into like you know just funny like steinfeld jokes and sports stuff and anything about the new york Jets shitting their pants but um he said at 24 is sam burns the next colin morikawa discuss and, and he used the gift see he thinks like i do sometimes where i think of the gif before i think of the tweet and i just try to work it around like whatever trying to funny thing i'm trying to shoehorn in there so he used the gif of smithers talking to burns saying i know they're saying who earns who earns <laughs> well what so, do you yeah, know it, first and foremost what do you what do we really know about sam burns other than like you said lsu blah, i mean yeah, so you know, 24 years old. Uh, shout out, just won the uh, Valspar Championship today, his first ever PGA Tour victory, um, defeating uh, Keegan Bradley by three. Kind of a snoozer on the back nine. You know, Keegan kind of put one in the water on the snake pit and uh, burns it up by four. But uh, yeah, great um, collegiate amateur uh, record. I do not believe, I think he got actually. 
he just missed the cut on getting selected for the 2017 Walker Cup team. And I think that team's going to go down in history as probably one of the best of all time. That was a good That was a really yeah, good so, you know, obviously recent um, claim to fame, you got Wills Alatoris, um, you got career mid-amps, Stu Hagestad, uh, Colin Morikawa was on that team. You had you Doug call, Kim, Norman call, Jong. You can just call Stu uh, Hagestad uh, just a career am. I mean, it's it's not a bad thing. Oh, no, I, I totally, I could talk about amateur golf all day, and I totally respect what that guy's doing. He's, he, he's, I, I, yeah, I got a man crush on the on the guy. I oh. I won't deny it. Oh, but, I know the uh, guy. Well, I don't know. He's he's not the nicest guy. You guys wouldn't get along in a relationship. I don't think. Uh, no, uh, not 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 trying to <laughs> you know do the dude. But anyways, um, Camp Champ was on that team. I, I'm probably miss. Oh, uh, Doc Redman. That 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 team was just jacked. So, oh, yeah. um, what was the question? Is uh, Sam Burns going to be the next Colin Morikawa? Oh, us. And you know what? Uh, Rob's a wise guy, so we don't have to really go on that. But I think the funny thing is, and I know he was kidding, but I mean, he, more than one person has said, is blank the next Colin Morikawa? Like, Colin Morikawa just showed up. He just showed up like eight months ago. So, okay? I mean, so like that, that's, ago. that's like saying who's who's the next PGA Tour player to get in the Hall of Fame with only one major championship? Because right now no, he's no, only got one. But Not so much that. What I mean is just like... Are you people... saying Mike Weir's going to get in the, in, in the Golf Hall of Fame? Or... Potentially. But what I'm trying to say is it, it's one of those things where people like to jump the shark on uh, things conversationally so much where it's just like, oh, he, like it's, it's like saying like somebody's like, oh, he's the new Elon Musk. It's just like, yeah, but Elon Musk is kind of like just like not gotten on the scene. But I mean, the past he's been establishing himself. You know what I'm saying? It's just like and then meanwhile, like all these people who's the next whatever ain't winning shit. Not really. I mean, Colin Morikow is a great exception of the rules. So, yeah, anyway. All right. The next one I got here is from at Highland Fox. That's Timothy Johnson Finn. Oh, I skipped one, but we'll just do this one right now. Will Hovland be world number one within two years? That's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I would love to converse with some of these people as to why they ask these questions or like, or, or just to see what they think as well. But ultimately, I, I got to look at it like, uh, I mean, some, he, he did well today. He shot six under to uh, come in at what, T3 uh, or, uh, or? Yep, T3. T3. Not bad for a guy who didn't watch anything and doesn't have the app open right in front of him, but uh, I do know that I'm still looking at the big board and I still have Hovland. Hovland is a 2021 major winner, 101 odds, but I uh, ultimately, world number one? I mean, I, who's world one, number one right now? DJ. I, here's a better question, I think. Uh, can, if you can, uh, just off of the side, we're pull up the official world golf rankings and I'm going to need your memory here to help me out, but it might be simple, but why don't we play a quick little game and who's going to be the next world number one that hasn't been world number one yet? Is it going to be Patrick Cantlay? Or, I mean, or is there somebody up there that's like not John Rahm or Justin Rose or uh, Dustin Johnson uh, to be number one? Wow. I haven't looked at this in a while. This, this is kind of mind boggling. Okay. Fire, um, off, fire off the top five of the world, starting number one, go. DJ, JT, John Rahm, Xander at number four and Bryson at number five. Okay, so Xander and Bryson have never been number one. Um, Has Xander Bryson been, ever been number one? Well, he sure as hell got hot, but I don't think so. He might have. You know what? He might have. I mean, he was certainly hot enough within the past year that he could have, but I can't confirm that. I mean, I, I, I don't know where to look up that ranking to be like, it's not, that's not a bullet point people give people uh, golf no, he, like former world number he's, one. He's actually at his best position ever, fifth. He's never got higher than fifth. 
Huh. Now, that's funny because Xander and, and, and Bryson in that regard are t- a tale of two different paths to their positions right there because I feel like Xander, albeit he hasn't been around that long, he's kind of grinded his way into that foothold there, whereas Bryson is Mr. Up and Down, but he's had a ton of ups lately, so, or at least within the past. Yeah, when, when, right? he, gets, when he gets hot, right, he wins two or three events in like a, a two or three month span, right? He gets oh, really yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, but Rory's down to, I, I, I saw a tweet earlier today, I, I believe after this week, um, he'll be 15th in the world, which to be honest, it, it's kind of fitting. Um, yeah, and, I, and, I don't want to write Rory off, but I mean, he, he's, he's starting to take that Jordan Spieth mantle right now where I'm like, I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. So he comes back and wins, but I mean, they're going to have the cameras on. Well, they did that to Jordan too, but yeah. And now I, I'm pulling up John Romier, and for whatever reason, the uh, computer's not w. working that quickly. He's been but I, number one before. Yeah, he was number one after the back-to-back weeks at Memorial, I think, last year. But uh, he, he, was like, he was like Kane in the WWF, where he won the world title uh, at a, a pay-per-view on Sunday, and then the very next Monday night, uh, like someone challenged it and took it away from him, so he only had it for like 24 hours. So it's like, whoa, you were you were number one for ah just a day. So so let's look at maybe the top five guys that have never hit world number one. I'm actually going to click on Cantley's not sniffing at the moment. Um, well, I guess he's, he's, well, what is he? He's, he's 11th. So yeah, okay, I guess so he's kind of sniffing in there. Much higher, which meant it was like, I mean, well then his, his time to slip or, 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 or rise is, is nigh. It's very nigh. Yeah. So, so let's look at this. We've got, um, so Xander Bryson, Morikawa at six, Patrick Reed at seven, Terrell Hatton at eight, Webb Simpson quietly at number nine in the world. And Brooks Kepka is currently holding on. Now he's got a couple of majors that are going to come off the board this week or this year, right? Um, the PGA and did he win another one in no, he went back to back US Open 17, 18, back to back PGAs 18, 19. So he's yep. gonna have his PGA coming off the board, and then he's had his injury. So I think he's gonna start kind of falling off the board here. He's, he's because if people don't know, um, the world rankings, I believe, are on a two-year cycle of you have to have X amount of starts, and as those two years go by, the the previous finishes start coming off the board, but he has been, he has reached number one in the world. You know, it's just now occurring to me and it might be a part of a campaign that I want to start rooting for the guy, but how many heads would explode at Patrick Reed? It, it said Patrick Reed, number one golfer in the world for world ranking. Like you could, could you believe the mental anguish and meltdown that everyone's going to do themselves? They, they, they smell some smoke. They think their steak's done. Now their foot's just on fire. I mean, come on, but I mean, still, well, you know what? If you look at what do we have for uh, major championships? So we've got U.S. Open coming up. That's a Tory where Patrick Reed just won. Um, you've got the Ocean oh, Course I of didn't Kiowa. Uh, you yeah. got you got the Ocean Course of Kiowa. I don't I don't think there's a certain player that that sets up well for. Um, but then you've got uh, you know the oh, British cool. Open or the Open Championship is always kind of a, a crapshoot just in terms of weather um, yeah, and how Pat- the course is playing. Pat- but Patrick, Patrick Reed, one of those golfers in all the major championships where he breaks the mold of it doesn't matter the style of course, the format of tournament, or blah blah whatever. He shows up in all statistical categories that matter the most when it comes to performing in tough situations and in like tough conditions. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, all things notwithstanding. So I, I, it's just one of those guys where. 
he's pesky in a good way. I mean, because I look at it like, well, so long as he's good and he plays for American teams or whatever, so be it. And if he wins majors here, that just helps him be a good golfer and people can hate him for that, whatever. It's still success, okay? You can hate mm-hmm. I know a lot of Americans who really despise Seve Ballesteros, but it was mostly because he was not American. It wasn't because of his mm-hmm. ability. They hated the fact that he was so good, but they also respected it. So, I mean, it's different with Patrick Reed, obviously, because I don't think Seve was a cheater ever. I know there was a lot of controversy him being a little shitty with people verbally or like uh, mentally with his partners or like, it, like he was a little, uh, he, no, shitty is the right word. It's not snotty, but, uh, but anyways, uh, shout out Ben Bloom. Thank you, Mr. Bloomer. Um, essentially like I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to become one of those Bryson bros just because everyone's hating on him. Personally, I don't want to see the extra content. I want to see the golf. And when it comes, <laughs> Hey, you know what? If you think about it, when it comes to whoever just provides the golf content, is it not Patrick fucking Reed? Okay. Whether he's playing good golf or he's doing something controversial, all we're seeing him pop up. And is it a Lakers game or a Red Sox game? But other than that, it's like, we don't know anything about him personally, but as we've always said, his management team keeps him shielded. So all we see is him cheating on the golf course or him playing really good golf. But in the end, it's still like, as they'd say for another wrestling term, it's still in the ring. It's not all the other stuff going on around it, even though he creates it to a certain degree. Yeah, I I relate uh, Bryson and I guess Reed's often rules situations with with the circus, right? They're they're the circus animal. You're not watching them do all the training. You're there to you pay your ticket. You watch them when they're performing at the show. I don't care what they do behind the scenes. I don't care what they do behind the curtains. Show me the freak show animal that just does its thing out there. That's Bryson Reed. And, yes. and I respect it. It's really hard. It, what he's doing is, is, I think, somewhat cool. But, um, you know, I'm not going to start tightrope walking or putting swords down my throat kind of thing. I, I understand. I understand. I just, I'm, I'm starting to generate this interest in Patrick Reed doing really good at golf and me looking, looking at it being like everyone has to put up with it because yeah. the, guy, the guy is beyond polished. He really is. I mean, he, he's it's, so big. Plus, he's Teflon because, like, no nothing sticks to him. It's so funny because you look at it, it's like viewers viewers want Patrick Reed to, to do stir the pot, right? And the tour does not want Patrick Reed to stir the pot. And it's this cool dynamic of like, well, God I still, damn it. I, just... I, I see what you're saying, but I still deep down think like the tour doesn't give a crap. Okay. Like they really don't. It's just like, because like they're, they don't really seem to step in and do jack squat regarding any of this. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is I, all yeah, I get that. between Patrick Reed's camp and and the rest of us. That's all, which is yeah. the fun part of it that will always keep sustaining. So, moving on, this is the one I wanted to ask, but thank you, uh, Timothy um, at Highland Fox. This is from our new regular contributor, DMac at DMac4G, and this is a good question. This is something I've thought about a little bit, but I haven't discussed with people, and it's a very, very, very. It could be a simple, legit conversation or topic, or it could be something that we really need to break down, but. DMAC asks, with the drama swirling around arm lock putting and whether or not it should be banned, where do you fall on its future? Personally, I know of, I know of, no, sorry. Personally, I know of no one that came to the game because the USGA banned the long putter, but I know a few that left. Interesting. I didn't read that second part. Ouch. But um, so here's the thing, Smitty. I saw some people, you, you probably no doubt saw this within the past week or two, whatever, but they were talking about um, Bryson DeChambeau's arm lock putting, saying, how is this not anchoring? And the second I heard that question, I had that Nathan Filion gift go off my head where he's like trying to say something and just can't. I'm just like, that's, that's a really, really, really good question. Smitty, mm-hmm. do you consider 
because because I've seen people break down to the physics of it, like definition of anchoring, definition of why they want to like the anchoring means stop the anchor point, blah blah blah. But somebody saying you lock it up the arm and do that or whatever, I can see that argument for that being anchoring. What about you? I'm not a fan of anchoring. Sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. I am not a fan of anchoring on the professional level. Well, okay. Now, look, I mean, I'm not, not to derail you here, but I mean, we could, we could easily just say, yes, we're, that's back to us saying there, we want our two separate sets of rules. Like I, all the, the so, 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 so here's my question to, to DMAC 4G is um, since you haven't upgraded to 5G yet, um basically don't do, don't do that no, no, sorry um, business whether he listens or not dmac so dmac it's a great point um i i would say it, it's such a difficult question it it is because it it, it it opens pandora's box but what i will say is i am not a fan of of anchored putting especially for professionals i think there should be a rule that basically your club cannot contact you anywhere above the, the crease of the wrist, basically. So I, I think that's a fair rule um, for the amateurs. Yeah. Go nuts. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but I mean, like I'm doing Adam Scott's motion right now. I'm like, uh, nothing's, nothing's breaking. It, that it, little rule. It, it, well, he's not anchoring. Well, right. But okay. But the, okay. But not, not. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, so, 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 so so arm arm lock is is touching it's in the palm of your hand and at some point i can almost guarantee you it it, it's not touching your arm at some point running up your forearm where it's resting against your forearm and i don't i don't like it just because it i i've never been asked this question before but i've always had thoughts about it it's just that it, oh God. it is it is more or less a form of anchoring and it just strikes me as skirting the rules it's like it's like nascar right where it's like well if you ain't cheating you ain't trying kind of thing right and it's like you know okay. what that's perfectly legit but i mean the way i see it when it comes to like anchoring what is or isn't anchoring or this arm lock putting i'm a decent putter when i think about the arm lock style I'm like hey that's a pretty fundamental smart way to go about it but i still only see one guy doing it and he just happens to be on tour and he's an overthinker that's all. Yeah. Did you did you know Bryson also has an extra stiff graphite driver shaft in his putter because it offers the least amount of vibration out of all putter shafts out there. Uh, the he, least the amount of 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 uh, flex. It, it, it's like it, it, it it's stuff. even stiffer than his driver shaft. Like it's insanely stiff. If huh. anybody's looked into that thing. Um, sure. Ultimately, I I look at it like if whether they're anchoring or not, whether 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 arm lock is considered anchoring or not. Until we see a, until we see it take off and get real successful or real, real, it has to be successful before it can be popular. People, it has to like bear fruit before people can like enjoy it. You know what the easy, you know what the easiest, the easiest way to do it is just like hockey. So hockey has a rule: your stick can only be this length, just like golf, where a driver or a club can only be forty-eight inches or less. They should just have it where your putter can't be longer than X amount of inches unless you're like six foot 11 and you need a longer putter. And you can only touch it with your hands. It's as simple this, as that. This is, arm lock putters are the smart cars on the road. It's probably the vehicle we all should be driving, but you don't see anyone doing it. Yeah. That's all. I mean, yeah. I think this is, it's a good question, but I don't think I can speak to the longevity of DMAC because 
it needs to become a thing before it, it gets uh, taken away. It, it needs and, to and DMAC to too. Like, like I don't know how his second point that gets into like, oh, it's driven more people away from the game. Are you talking uh, pros or amateurs? Because if an amateur goes, oh, they banned my putter and now I can't use it during my recreational rounds that don't give a shit. Like, dude, use it as long as you want. Right. No, but, no, no, no. I, I get what he, I get what he said by the second part, but I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole because that sounds like something personal that obviously not. Well, like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure every, Tim every Clark or Webb Simpson would love tens of millions of dollars back of, of lost potential earnings because of their switch to somewhat conventional methods, but, or Adam fair Scott. Fair is fair. So thank you, DMAC. Very much appreciated. Uh, we got a couple more to bang out here before we uh, move on to the end of the show or just the money round yeah the money round <clears throat> so this account is from uh oh man this is gonna kill me i don't know if you listen to this show he um had a twitter account and shut it down because um because of politics uh you know he was one of those people who was just maybe getting into it with people too much or just shut them his machine down just because he was getting inundated with bullcrap his accounts his name's bandon man at man underscore bandon the name's going to come to me here, but it's killing me because I remember he meant to come last year for COVID and he had me and Bullfrog as a caddy, but they, uh, they couldn't show. And he had a pallet of beer waiting at the airport for him. And he just told us, you guys got to do something about this beer that I already had flown to the airport. I didn't get to help Bullfrog take care of it, but he did get to take care of it. God, this is killing me. Hold on. Hold on. We need to talk about this. The guy flew his own beer. Yes. In advance. Oh yeah. To where he was staying. Let me see here. Ryan, Ryan Kane. Yeah, from, uh, from San Diego. <laughs> yeah. So what, a, what kind of beer was it? Where was he staying? Um, well, it was mostly IPA. Um, but uh, I don't know. This all happened so long ago. You know, I, this, just, uh, this guy is my spirit animal. This guy flew beer to where he was traveling to? It was a lot of beer. <laughs> how long was he staying and how many beers was it? They were here for like four or five days, like doing 1836 a day, uh, him and like 11 other friends. And uh, oh, this, so it was like, oh, this guy, oh, no, it wasn't just like, oh, it wasn't just like this guy's. It wasn't like three cases of his favorite beer from San Diego. No. Like it was like a palette. It, it was like it was like a dozen cases of beer, uh, mixed variety, stuff like that. Yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, so I shipped my luggage ahead of time. Can you get it for me? It was like, no, it was a palette full of beer this guy is unreal i have a cool travel story i was going on a work trip actually it was like a, a reward and recognition trip um and we stay over at the hotel airport the night before so we we grab a big cooler and we had drinks left over so i put them in my check baggage i put them i my luggage um has like a suit container and it's got a shoe container at the bottom i'm not a shoe bomber but i took the shoes out and i put all these cans of beer and and cocktails in my checked bag so then when we got out in the dominican i'm on the tarmac i grab my bag crack open the bottom and i start tossing people drinks and they're like where the hell did you get these things i'm like i checked them in my bag <laughs> you, you, you canadians know how to live boy I tell we, you what. We, hey hey canned Woo. beers will travel i'll say that canned beers will travel right. so abandoned man his name is ryan can't wait to see you again ryan and which by the way I heard some of the fun that you shared with Bullfrog out there. I'm a little upset I wasn't involved. I'm going to get you for it. Anyways, Bandon Man, Ryan, asked, uh, MJ is wondering why his brand signed Keegan Bradley. What a shitty putter. Nothing says Jordan like throwing up on yourself every four-foot putt. 
So I, I did see this tweet when just said, before. When he said nothing says Jordan like throwing up on yourself on every four foot putt. Like I hear Jordan speak, even though this is we're talking about a brand and not another golfer. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's talking about the flu game either, right? Like this, this got many about, puns. He's a clever guy. And the thing is, I know he's only meaning one or two or zero things, but there's this is why it's a good question. There's a, hey, Ryan, vote for Donnelly. <laughs> So stroke gain putting uh, for the year, Keegan Bradley is minus 20.64 shots. Where else, so, where, is he, where is he making it up at then? Because that's a lot. That, that's, that's, that's like how like my numbers are when it's just like I'm doing everything but putting good. So, so T to green, he's 10th on the PGA Tour. Hmm. That's on not, the greens. Keegan Bradley is not a bad golfer. He just looks like a bad golfer. That's all. On the greens, he is 182nd on tour. That's like Hideki-esque. Yeah, and I said it. He just won the Masters. I don't care. Out of 182 golfers that they keep stats, or sorry, out of, wow. Wow. Looking at some of these names at the bottom of the list. Okay. What, did, he, did he get like an invite on the list or something? <laughs> he made the no, list for irrelevant. You just made the list. No, um. Wow, there's some big players Dennis. that you would you would think are better putters than that. But anyways, yeah, like 200. Throw a couple names out there. What's what's making that your brow furrow like that? Come on. Uh, Henrik Stenson, Sean O'Hare, Ben On is last in the league in putting. Ben On is is he uh, now? Sorry, this might this might sound ignorant of me, but I'm just gonna say it like I was thinking it. Is he the Chinese golfer? Like is he that fellow from China? The one that like. Uh... Okay, no, I'm sorry. I keep thinking of the guy. Um, that uh, played in the President's Cup and couldn't speak any other language but his own and brought his own trainer's caddy. Ho Tong Lee. Ho Tong Lee. Lee. That's it, Lee. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Sean O'Hare, uh, Henderson, Cameron Champ, uh, Jonathan Cam Bird, Champ. Kyle Stanley, Aaron Wise, Ryan Moore, Chez Reevy. These are the guys, probably, right? Probably why I haven't seen Chez Reevy, though, in a while. Well, he, he keeps making his paychecks. But, anyways, um, does MJ. Yeah, do you think a guy would be signed to MJ's label that can make something within 10 feet of a hoop. I'll just uh, say that. Uh, I'll just say good. that. All right. <clears throat> What's that noise I keep hearing over there? Is that the dog? Sorry, that's my... No, I don't have the dog yet. It, it just got boring. Um, no, it's my roller on the mouse. It's a little it sounds loud, like sorry. Like, it sounds like you're asking me questions and you're playing like the TikTok timer in the background. You're like, yeah, five seconds to answer. Click, click. <laughs> uh-uh. what, what kind of dog are you getting, by the way? Golden Doodle. Uh, uh. I think that's what me and the wife are like. We're if we get a dog, we've narrowed it down to like three breeds. The 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 doodles is definitely one of them. A buddy of mine has a black labradoodle, and she's about a year yeah. old, and he's not given her a haircut yet, and she is adorable. Yeah, oh, oh, get... well, not too long, but she definitely looks like some type of shaggy wolfhound. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they get that curly, wavy look to it. Yeah, they're they're awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it. First dog ever. My family's never had a dog, so. Well, I mean, you know, you Canadians are oddly religious. So we have another tweet from uh, at, at Matt Smythe at Bomb Squad. Matt, uh, he said, will Mike Weir go down as the greatest Champions Tour player of all time? That's a good question. That uh, is maybe the best question I've ever heard. Um, there's a I, I, I would names, love to, to hear your thoughts on this. There's a couple names out there that uh, as soon as they got on there, we figured they'd do pretty good. I'm saying you're Bernard Longers, uh, you're Phil Mickelson's. Uh, Freddie Couples to a certain extent, uh, even your Fred Funks, your Lauren Roberts, these guys who when they were 49 and couldn't hit out of their shadow and great putters, now they're on the senior tour, which I still call the senior tour. But I don't think you can beat Alan Doyle. 
You know who I'm talking about? You remember Alan Doyle? Yeah. Now, Alan Doyle is... He had that geez. swing that he built his basement. Remember that was like super but, flat and never went above his shoulders? But wasn't he like a lifetime amateur until he was like 50? I only mentioned Alan Doyle because I think it was like in 98 or 99 when I started really watching golf. He like busted on the senior tour and like for the first three months, he like won almost every tournament. Like, and it, I, I don't want to say it was right when the Champions Tour senior tour was getting started. It was when I started watching it. And I'm just like, who is this Alan? To quote uh, Jack Nicholson from A uh, Few Good Men, who in the fuck is Alan Doyle? Yeah, Alan Doyle didn't turn professional until he was 46. In his first professional season, he won three times on the Nike Tour. Not so basically, t- today's corn fairy tour, like that's that's actually unreal. I knew he and didn't what about, start. What about, what about his champions? Does he have any champions tour accolades right after that? Uh, champions tour, he has four senior majors and eleven uh, champions tour wins. And I bet you it might be a deep dive if you look at it, but I bet you a lot of those wins and those majors are all clustered together real quick. Like from age forty-five to fifty-five, this guy was in fuego on it wherever he teed it up. So he won the 99 senior championship, uh, PJ senior. He won the Ford senior players in 2001 um, and not, and then went back to back us senior opens in what years five Oh five and Oh six. Okay. So that's 99 through Oh six. You know what? That was about 99 was my freshman year of high school. Oh six was Oh six was the uh, third year I was in the military. So those were the formative years for me golfing, essentially when I really started to pay attention to golf, like on TV and like was things like that. So I remember, so do you remember Alan Doyle's swing? I'm not asking you on YouTube, but do you remember how he swung the club? I I do not, but. Flat, shallow, short would not begin to describe it. So his Wikipedia page is an eight shot sequence of his swing like his picture mm. on wikipedia it's not a picture of him Beautiful. personally that's great. it's a it's an eight shot sequence of his swing and that's amazing it looks short whoever, laid whoever off runs wikipedia page shout out because that's that yeah. guy's a big fucking no neighbor apologies mr doyle but that's that's on point it. yeah so that's I just on point watching, i just remember watching his swing like he and he jokes saying like he built a swing in his basement where he didn't have room to take the club fully back in a plane so essentially and i saw a guy do this this morning on trails too like you know it's like a little up a little shallow but he got his angle of attack back in there and came right down on it so i mean if it works it works so this is yeah looking at this career it's kind of unreal one two three four five georgia amateurs in the 70s and 80s four additional sorry five Sorry, six Georgia amateurs, five additional Georgia mid-ams, uh, two of them in the same year. Two blisters. Two blisters, two Sunahanas, three Sunahanahams, which is it. Four Sunahanahams. Wow. Yeah, this guy so, had it going on. So as I'm getting to know certain people, I'm, I'm <clears throat> kind of learning, not the current ones, so to speak, but I'm starting to like get to know some people who know like who the top state amateur golfer is because every state has their guy mostly where I, I forget who it was, but I got, I'm starting to get to the one in Washington state now where it's like, oh, he's won the state amateur three times already. And he's like taking, like he's placed in it every other time. Like that's just his jam. So it sounds mm-hmm. like Alan Doyle was Mr. Georgia golfer. Uh, back oh in, yeah. Back in yeah. He's a member of the Georgia sports hall of fame. Uh, yeah. This guy, this guy was literally like, okay, I'm going to make money just doing a normal nine to five ish kind of thing. And then said, but I'm really good at golf. So maybe I'll just kind of retire early and try to make some money doing that too. And did a damn good job. 
could he not like it, it's a really hard matrix to like show off or get people to sign off to or or, or, or or follow but is wouldn't it be fair to say like he is like the ultimate dream to people where it's just like hey you can get good at golf at any age like truly like he's like the, for sure here comes another wrestling reference again. He's like Diamond Dallas Page, where wrestling's a young man's game, but Diamond Dallas Page came in at like 35 with a back brace on already and still managed to speak out like a 10, 15-year career of being like a Hall of Famer. Yeah, this is – so I, I mentioned earlier in the show about how I, 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 I love amateur golf, like top-level elite amateur golf, because you've got these mid-ams who literally like have a day job and they play golf for fun because they're like, I don't ever want to stress about golf. Like I don't want to – this sounds like on golf. golf. Like, it's just like, I never yeah. want to compete ever, but it's like, but I want to get better. Yeah. It's the same, same with me because like I, I left the golf industry. I used to have my CPGA, PGA, whatever, um, accreditation. Um, but I hated golfing because it was like, when I was done working at the golf course, I didn't want to hang around the golf course anymore. So now I play for fun, either play competitively or play for drinks with my buddies. Right. Like I enjoy golf now, but it's funny looking like you got um, Alan Doyle. You've got a guy currently a guy like Stu Hagestad, but then you got Canadian Darren Rank, who is an NHL referee. And I know he's had a couple of things on the golf channel. He's an NHL ref that plays top level um, amateur golf. Like he's, a, he's going to be a career amateur. He has no aspirations to go pro. He coaches or sorry, coaches. He referees NHL hockey all winner and then golfs all summer. I, he won, I believe, the 2019 Western Am. He's been a runner-up at the Mid-Am uh, once or twice now. He's, he's, he's made the quarterfinals and semis at, at the USM. Uh, I, I believe he last, lost to uh, Cantlay at uh, mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron Hills that year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just crazy guys like that. Like, those guys that just – those are the people that really love golf, the guys that don't want to get paid to do it. But, um, Will, to get back to our original question, will Mike Weir go down as the greatest Champions Tour player in the history of the Champions Tour? I don't think so. I think probably Hale Irwin or Bernard got that one locked up. I, yeah, the first name I thought of, I almost felt like, yeah, the way Longer came in and uh, played uh, and, 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 and great – good ups to Bernard Longer in terms of, like – being this diminutive little German guy, there aren't too many German golfers out there. Like him and Keimer are the only ones I can think about. And Keimer's a multiple major winner in, in very good fashion. One of them he and, marched in. And, 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 the, and, the, and the snap show, the guy that breaks clubs over his knees. Right. That's true, too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but Longer, another long putter, uh, longer putter. He uh, Yeah, he's been ripping it up in the Champions Tour. But I really feel like a lot of these guys, when they get to the Champions Tour, like Mickelson, where it's like, hey, they turned 50, or John Daly. Like, let's see how this goes or whatever. It's like, okay, there's a little bit of sensation when they're age 50, we probably won't see this bear any more fruit for another five years, so to speak. But um, yeah. Oh, and uh, I guess a shout out John Daly. Uh, I saw a video of him, uh, him and his son watching his 91 PJ championship highlights or whatever. And like at the end of the video, I remember they asked, they said, who hits it farther? And John's just, uh, uh, I think little John just said, Oh, I do big time. And like, and John Daly's just like, Oh yeah, he hits 20 yards past me. So I know little John's good. But uh, his old man ain't doing good. I mean, he, like, if it, except for his heyday, John Daly was not that exceptional of a golfer. <laughs> it's funny, like, because he just finished. He he doubled the last hole to finish. Uh, I think T three at the event that Mike Weir ended up winning this week. If nobody heard, Mike Weir won on the Champions Tour. Um, <laughs> Your face still lights up every single time you say Mike Weir. <laughs> it's like, but uh, yeah, I remember. Did he just have his fifth? something i think it was just his birthday this week or something and they scratch golf on instagram had like this 
here's a hundred shots of like John Daly, like hitting driver. And it was unfathomable. Like the way he swung the club back in the day, just, it, it is honestly mind blowing. Like it, it, as, as hard as he ripped at it, but it still looks so long and loose and like, he wasn't even trying. Graceful. Yeah. 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 Great way to put it. Graceful. Just this effortless, graceful, raw power. And well, see, it's just, me, uh, just I, unreal to watch. See, it, it, to me, John Daly, his whole persona, his physique, his swing, like the, the thing that got like, Oh, long John, like even as a kid, I knew it's like, Oh no, the reason why John hits the way he does, is he, he takes the club past parallel the way he does strictly. That just gets him like four or five more miles and extra uh, miles per hour, extra club head speed or whatever. But that's all you need to be squared up to be 10 yards longer than everyone else back in the day to be long John. But overall, when I look at his swing, I'm like, it's a very natural looking motion. I remember when mm-hmm. I was in high school, I had such a problem of not getting in the proper position in playing up top. But I noticed if I went John Daly and just let my hands come over the top of my head, my timing and my sequencing on the way down was perfect. And that's yeah. why when you see videos of me, Smitty, I go past parallel every time because it's like, well, my my coil and my timing is built for a long swing. Like I long as like like all armsy and loop, well, not loopy, but just like I got a lot of motion to, um, move, movement I gotta cover down here. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. So it looks like uh oh shoot, that was about it for the Twitter stuff, just like that. Uh you you don't run the bomb squad pod Twitter, do you? Is that Ty? I do not know. Well, I because because one of our one of the uh, questions will Hovland be world number one within two years? Got two likes, and one of them was from the Bomb Squad podcast who didn't like anything else. So, don't know if our behind the scenes staff has a fan, their fan of anything per se. I mean, we got to get Ty on here to talk golf. I mean, it's like like sooner rather than later. I mean, it's it's all up to his schedule. I know he's got the the new Bambino and like a million other things more than we're doing, but. uh but I mean, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta chew on the dog about some like just golf overall because I don't, I don't really know who he likes. I know what his jokes are and his opinions here, but I mean, I don't look at Ty as a baseball guy. I look at him as a sports guy, but we don't. I just never talk golf with him. Yeah, no, um, yeah, just an overall lover of golf. Um, he's probably got some great stories about how I always whipped him in match play. Um, maybe too soon, maybe not. That was in high school. Um, no, long story short, yes, we need to get uh, we need to get him on because uh, definitely has some great stories about golf, um, especially why he plays. Uh, which is at the end of the day, we talk about golf because we like doing it. We play because we love doing it, right? It it just it's our escape. It's what we love to do away from our nine to five. Because last time I checked, I pay to play golf. I do not get paid to play golf. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. Like I was just chatting with a uh, caddy I work with today, Tim Palmer, uh, shout out TP. He's got his PGA and he's a very accomplished golfer and teaches golf on the side privately. And um, uh, we were talking about how um, uh, my wife was in the running for the head pro job at Bandit Crossings. Nice. But Yeah, nice. But if she were to get that job, she easily would have been taking like a $20,000 a year pay cut and working oh. a lot more. Well, because as some people do, most people listening to the, the sound of our voices know the golf industry does not pay you much in a wage. No, it's but then not. It took, me, it took me many years of working in the golf industry to understand, well, yeah, but I'm not paying greens fees and I'm usually not paying much for like equipment costs and then supplies. And that's where you can get by on your minimum wage or for like, I think we were joking around saying like, what do you think the head pro at Bandon Dunes makes salary wise? The head pro at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. And he probably, if he's lucky, makes 60 to $65,000 a year. And when it comes to golf pros in the US, that's like that's like that's like eight million Canadian. 
not, 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 and you work for a bank, Smitty? Jesus, don't tell people what institution you're a part of. Oh my God, I love you, but no, no, it, no. It's a red one. It's a red one. <laughs> it's not. It's but not. needless to say, needless to say, I, I hate to say this, but like, if you want to live comfortably in America and like have the house you want, paying uh, the mortgage that you choose to pay and you want to have like a nice truck or like a nice vehicle and do all this stuff, you probably need to make at least $80,000 a year, 80 to $100,000 a year American puts you officially in the, we don't have to stress about what we want or what we have category. So mm-hmm. I hate to say it like, that's why like when you're a golf pro, it has to be like a, a job of, it's a labor of love and it's a job of passion because you're obviously doing more about like, cause I hear people say like, Oh, you can make so much money on lessons on the sides. I'm like, well, you're still hustling. You still have to have a passion and a dedica- dedication to do that much. For sure. And, and to speak to my experience, especially as a Canadian or Northern, Northern hemisphere golf professional, it's seasonal too. So then you add that in the mix, right. Um, where, you know, private clubs up here are really taking into, um, like the winter academies where they convert, you know, the, the cart storage into like indoor hitting bays where, where yeah. the pros can hit lessons or give lessons and things like that. Um, but when I was a, a young aspiring assistant professional, like there was very, very, very limited opportunities to be employed in the golf industry during the winter. I remember as a student picking up jobs at, uh, like golf trade shows, just working for like shoe companies, just being like literally a body selling and promoting shoes on fucking weekends it was yeah it, there's there's not much money in it but it was for the love of the game and and then i figured out yeah i i don't like hanging around the golf course all day i want to i want to play when it's my time and i want to have fun and you can't do that when you know you can't be smashing a six pack on nine holes blaring your music and then having your members look at you sideways when you're out there doing it so yeah i, can I got out that, that, that I, I, I got out of the business. Oh, I, I dig that. So anyways, on that fun note, we should wrap up today's show. Uh, Smitty, you're not going to be getting anything, anything soon, um, given the, uh, the, the, the down of lock up there. Um, what's our next golf tournament? Do you at least have that on the burner? I mean, it's a, we just got done with Valspar. Usually it's uh, we're in a moment now where it's like, oh, what boring tournament or what forgettable tournament or throwaway tournament is next. But after a couple of those in a row, which we haven't had a couple in a row. Like I like Harbor Town. I like the little Zurich format. And there's nothing wrong with Valspar because I recognize the course and the tournament and yada, yada, yada. But there's got to be either, I hate to say it, like either something even more forgettable is next or we got something uh, cooking. Yeah, well, we got a little bit of a run up, right? So we've got the PGA in three weeks at uh, the Ocean Corps, Kiowa Island. So we've that's got probably, the Wells- That's probably the major I'm most excited for this year because I really like Kiowa and I don't get to see it enough. Yeah, it's a very unique course for sure. Um, so we've got Wells Fargo, obviously Quail Hollow in Charlotte. Uh, we've got the AT&T Byron Nelson, so back to uh, Texas. And then we've got the PGA Championship. So it should be interesting to see um, kind of that that run up, see who's going to be playing, who's in form coming into the PGA Championship. Because then only two weeks after that, uh, sorry, two weeks after that is the Memorial um, and then you've got the Canadian uh, Open substitute event, the Palmetto Championship at Congaree in Ridgeland, South Carolina. That that then, sounds very made up. Like like I, if you would have said anywhere, like like uh, the 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 something something in like Kingstown, Jamaica. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But the, yeah, the I, I, I I believe. Yeah, I believe it is a virtual tournament, so everybody's playing on PGA Tour 2K21. I could be mistaken, but um, 
followed by that is the U.S. <laughs> You're Open like, <laughs> times. I almost spit drink everywhere because I'm like, oh my god, I froze. I'm just like, you're shitting me. <laughs> no, no. So, so yeah, we got a good run of golf coming up. Um, we've got uh, you know two out of three weeks here of of probably some some big fields getting ready for the PGA Championship in the run up towards uh, major championship season. So should be good. Should be some good golf coming at us here soon. Excellent. Shout out John Moran for the late like on uh, on the tweet. He uh, actually listened last week and uh, enjoyed our what we uh, us engaging with this question so we appreciate that john because we appreciate all feedback and like all types of feedback smitty keep your hand down do it the other way give me five four three two one please oh gross just smash that like button subscribe rate review say anything get smitty a doctor some new skin uh like somebody give him a, like a hot hot or something he's got a he's got a situation he has to i'd say walk off but it's on his hand so uh yeesh so I uh, hope your hand gets better there, Smitty. Thanks, bud. Might, might pop it tonight. Who knows? I'll, I'll send you a video maybe if all the stuff coming out of it. You can only send us a video if when you pop it, you say bombs away as it <laughs> As it splurts everywhere. Uh, ah, <laughs> all, right. all right. That's it, folks. He's Matt Smith. You can find him at on the Twitter machine at Bomb Squad, Matt. I'm Jerry Lou. You can find me at Jerry Lou Looper on Twitter. Thanks for joining us for this week. We'll see you next week. And uh, Gary, wash your shirt. I'm tired of hearing about the ketchup in it. And Smitty's about to pop his hand and get some ketchup. Everywhere. No, 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 no. I, I, I got a, I got a phrase for us to sign off. Oh, what? Pa- palms away. <laughs> 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 <laughs>